Welcome to the Rhythm Hut, home drumming on the Central Coast. Community space, live music venue, incubation chamber for creativity, oasis for arts and culture. This is the Rhythm Hut podcast. In today's episode, we interview Lou, who managed the Rhythm Hut for over six years. Her role started off as a lot and ended up becoming a whole lot more. Today, we get to hear more of her story. Here we are, Lou. Hi. Well, uh, <laughs> you're a little, <laughs> little hot and sweaty there, Josh. Yeah, it is it's disgusting today, eh? outside right now. <laughs> We're actually filming this or recording this in a basement very purposefully to keep the heat off. It's actually the coolest place in the hut. You can actually, when you walk down the stairs, feel the coolness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you mean you coolness isn't to... popularity, right? This is not <laughs> true. This is definitely where all the cool people are hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that joke That's is so meta. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny being here with the two foreigners, the Canadian of all people. A Canadian, um, eh? And, uh... Yeah, like, I mean, this isn't that hot for Australians, but it's a little bit humid. It's the first day that's a bit Last time I came here, it was plus 45, I think, or 43, (laughs) 10 days in a row. Yeah, it was pretty hot. I remember that, actually. Yeah, that was like... I I just remember there was one day last year when I was here, and it was 43, and we all just stayed inside melting the whole day. We shuttered all the windows and hung drapes over them, just kind of huddled together in the basement, trying our best to keep cool. All the lizards came inside. <laughs> the, the wasps came inside. I was like, can I hang out with you? <laughs> all right. So we wanted you to come here, Lou, in particular, because you've had a hell of an involvement with this space for a long time, including the move to this physical location mm. and everything that went with the legalization processes <laughs> and uh, wow. making it all above board. Right, that was yeah, a, that was a biggie. <laughs> it was a big project. It was, uh, you know, certainly learnt a lot about council specifications yeah. of DAs that I never imagined I would need in my life. But yeah, we and did it is, it. this place is above board. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is, is it's above absolutely. Board. Yeah, it took a lot of work to get there. Yeah, and it's a lot of ongoing work, which I think a lot of people don't realise. You know. Um, my time here, the amount of times I dealt with the police and the council and, you know, council staff, and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realise. Yeah, I totally agree. So, how did you first get involved in the hut? Like, what was the process of you starting? I actually started drumming classes here, maybe at the Rhythm Hut, maybe about 10, uh, no, maybe not 10 years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago. Hmm. Um, so I had uh, always known about the Rhythm Hut. Well, not always. I mean, I think I've lived on the Central Coast for about 11 or 12 years. I've known about the Rhythm Hut and always wanted to do some uh, djembe classes. Hmm. And they called me and sort of, you know, like all things, I didn't get to it straight away. And then one day, finally came down to the Rhythm Heart at, when we were, at, uh, we were up in Erin Street. Um, and I came to an open night. I remember it really, really clearly, actually. And there was this lovely dude, Sanka. Shout out to Sanka. Um, haven't seen him for a while. But he just, like, instantly, first person that came up to have a chat, just instantly mates. Gabby ran the open night. And Rhythm Hunters were playing in Kibble Park that night. There was something on in the park. I can't remember what it was. But that was it. I just, like found a whole new group of friends first night took me down to the park to see rhythm hunters play and that was the first time i'd seen them play um so yeah started drumming classes started helping out with the events um just volunteering just you know i i was always a huge live music fan 
and really love live music. So um, helped out with those events. And then I actually ran a fundraiser, which um, was really quite successful. I do some work with a charity in Nepal, which is a, um, a home for kids with physical disabilities. And so I was raising money for a trip that I was doing over there um, to, to take over to the kids. Um, and it was just super successful. I think uh, we raised like $5,000 in one night at a Five Lands event, which was huge. Um, and it sort of was like the first indicator of where, where I thought, hang on, I'm kind of good at this. Like, I didn't really know what I was doing. It was just a bit of a hard work and guesswork. And it was my first sort of foray into media with music and, you know, contacting local media. Um, and it just turned out much bigger than we expected. And so it was probably about, I went to Nepal and I probably had been home maybe a couple of weeks and Ren offered me the job actually to run, to, to be the general manager at the Rhythm Hut. And he just, yeah, it worked really well. Um, I, I, I was had, there, wasn't I? No, it was much earlier before you well, came. Because Beck was doing that job before though and I was there for that. Bess. Bess, sorry. No, you came just as I started. Yeah. I remember really clearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, this was the year before you came. Okay, cool. So um, it was about November, December or I'm so. I'm often wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got a very good memory. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, I'd become like pretty good mates with Ren by this time anyway. We spent lots of late nights in the workshop. Um, he was doing some drum making and we sort of hung out quite a bit and watched some music videos and stuff in the, over the years and yeah we just we always clicked straight away we were mates and so yeah when he offered the job um it just seemed kind of perfect it was perfect timing I was working at a corporate job as a graphic designer in Sydney and uh, I was getting pretty fed up with it you know it wasn't what I really wanted to do but I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I, um, I wasn't growing or learning anything further in that position. So when this opportunity came up and I was able to work, you know, close to home and do something that I really loved, I just, yeah, it was perfect. And it was just absolutely meant to be. It was scary um, throwing myself into this position that I didn't really know what I was doing. And, um, you know, there wasn't really any mentors or anyone really to help me. Um, ran, you know, throughout the whole time that I was the general manager here, which was almost six years, he was absolutely always there to back me up, but he made it really clear that he didn't want to run the space, that he wanted to concentrate on music, which is absolutely understandable. Um, and he ran workshops and classes and concentrated on rhythm hunters um, and sort of left me to make decisions and run the place day to day and he would back me up on all those big decisions or anytime I needed help um but yeah kind of thrown in the deep end but it was great I mean how else do you learn <laughs> sink or swim sink or swim big time and then um when we moved into this oh well actually it was just a couple weeks no it must have been maybe a month after I had been running the space we were um asked to leave so we had to find a new space. It's a and nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't terrible. Um, it was an old warehouse and the owners were, and the real estate at the time were a little bit concerned that, you know, if there was going to be an accident that they would be held liable and 
they kind of didn't really, I guess they weren't really fans of what we were doing there. Um, straight up. Straight up. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, Ren was absolutely determined, like, that's okay, we'll find a new place. And I was freaking out, and he was the one that was calm, of course. And uh, I just remember, man, we looked through so many places, and we used to just drive around Gosford and the Central Coast whenever we were, like you know feeling really stressed or I was just like freaking out like oh my god we've got three weeks what do we do and we would just get in the car and go for a drive and go grab like an icy pole and drive around and have a look at empty buildings and full lease signs and see what we could do and um you know we were looking for another warehouse obviously and it's not that easy to find them um and then we drove past this place and uh, so those of you that don't know, we're in Fort Street, which is like pretty much in the middle of Gosford now. Um, but where we drove past and Ren was like, oh, look at that place. I was like, oh my God, no way. And it was just this like completely dilapidated building, run down, overgrown with weeds. Um, it's not black. Showing fence around it too. There, right? there was a big <laughs> fence around it. Yeah, you remember that. This um, whole block looked like that, right? Just yeah, pretty much. I mean, Coast FM radio stations next door has always been um, the nice little light on the corner. And then uh, we had to, so we contacted the real estate agent, and the um, the owner came down, George, and he had to get bolt cutters because it'd been so long that since anyone had even been in here he didn't even know what the key was to this padlock <laughs> so, so he cut it open and he was just like are you sure you guys want this and I was like no I'm really not sure <laughs> and Ren's like yeah I think we want to have a look and we came in and it was just like oh my goodness what have we got ourselves in for I was just like there's no way we can do this Ren like we just can't take this place it was absolutely falling apart there was parts where there was no roof no walls you know, there was, like, rubbish. It was just disgusting. There'd clearly been squatters in here, drug users. It wasn't pretty. And um, and we came out, and I think my face is still, like, this horrified look of, like, oh, my God, let's get out of here. And Ren's like, we'll take it. <laughs> Excuse me? Well, what now? I said, we can't move into that. And he's like, trust me. Like, we can. We'll, we'll make it work. And I was just like, oh, my God, what is this guy? Like, is he mental? I mean, I always knew he was, like, you know, big thinker, big dreamer. But um, he... You know, Ren has taught me so much over the years, and one of the things that he's taught me is like just to have faith yeah. that things will work out. And I guess in a way we balance each other out a bit because he's like cool, calm, collected, has faith, um, and I like I guess I'm a little bit more like highly strung. Like, okay, let's do this shit. Like, we got to get this done. Am I allowed to swear? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we would be so, crippled if we couldn't swear on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess like in a way, you know, he's the big dreamer, and I'm a little bit more realistic. There are times where I definitely have to pull him up and say like, okay, you know, I absolutely trust what you think, but there are other times where I'm like, dude, there's no way we can do that. We can, we just can't do that. Well, um, and what a space has been created. And here. what a yeah. space, yeah. And the the thing with Ren and I is that we. Um, despite having those sort of differences and we we often meet middle way there are times we don't but we often meet middle way but we um have the absolute similar work ethic of just like working really hard and i think that's why we get along so well um that's why we really succeed in a lot of the projects that we're doing whether it's the rhythm heart or rhythm hunters um and you know putting on a show in a cave with a thousand people and um all those types of things so yeah i'm really lucky that um to be able to work with my best mate and uh, and to do these grand, 
things together and know that we both like look out for each other. Absolutely. Yeah. So like throughout your time here at the hut, how has your role kind of evolved from that that beginning bit of just doing, you know, grants and workshops and all that. Like, what are the responsibilities that you take on? Just. Well, I mean, that, all the things that you just mentioned. (coughs) Well, I guess, like, when I very first started, there was quite, I mean, we had, there was always live music and uh, there was some great artists that came through. You know, Oka was always popular from the start, but there was quite a large emphasis, Bess, who had, who had been, her role was sort of more class coordinator before I came in, um, so she really concentrated on classes and workshops and um, those sort of community classes, which was great, and she set up all the processes, um, she was an amazing organiser and set up all these great processes so that I could come in and just quite easily slot those in and then um, I guess I sort of really worked on the live music aspect Um, and also the community development so those were the two I guess big things that I had in my scope Um, when I started and that really sort of built up especially the community development really um, grew while I was sort of here Um, to the point where you know like live music and that sort of has always been a passion of mine um, and I just happened, I, I didn't have any background training. I haven't done any training or courses in music management or event management. And I just happened to be pretty good at it. And I sort of, I don't even really know why. I guess a background in marketing um, so I could promote the shows quite easily definitely helped in graphic design. And then I guess like a bit of like, it sounds corny, but good old-fashioned hospitality that my mum taught me to make artists feel really welcome and really at home. And they do. That's um, one of the common things that we hear from artists who come through here is yeah. everyone says, I feel so at home in this space. Yeah, and I guess, like, when I sort of started, I really emphasised that. So we sort of really focused on that and um, emphasised with, you know, with the crew and the volunteers that were here, like, this is how we want to treat artists and we want them to come back. And and then word sort of got around and it grew and to the point that we have now, like, a really, really good reputation where we have people from all over the world coming to play here. Like, the, the international acts that we get here is insane. And then some amazing, you know, national acts and... Um, and also all the way down to grassroots, local open mics with, you know, Mm. 10-year-old autistic kids rapping about werewolves, Mm. and I think it's really beautiful that we have Mm. that whole range. Um, And that's really important. That was really important for me to start to not only be able to get these bigger acts in and to sort of put ourselves on the map a bit for live music and to be that sort of small grassroots venue that's, like, quite funky and a bit different, a bit, you know alternate but has a really beautiful community that come just to listen to live music it's not a pub there's no tvs with you know horse racing on or football people come to just listen to the live music and so we have that reputation and a great community that come and are really supportive um but then at the same time nurturing local artists and i um i do quite a bit of work with local artists you know like upcoming artists and helping them get other gigs and doing a bit of publicity or bookings for them and even down to just like giving advice to them and this is just stuff that I sort of learnt over the years, a bit of career development that I can help them with and I think that's so important, you know, there's 
there's all you know all those places in the world that they can play but to be able to be close to home and have gigs on the central coast is really important for them to be able to have somewhere where they can play where they can have family and friends come and support them on their first show locally i think is it's such an important Mm. thing when i was in canada i never i never met an australian band because i was at a lot of festivals that i said do you know the rhythm hut yes of course yeah good (laughs) (laughs) we had this way we had this way north um, oh, they're such good friends oh, of mine. I love such them. Such a good band. It oh, was they're like, so it was great. My favorite band of the whole festival. Oh, really? Yeah. What festival is that? It's called Art Swells. Oh, so they go to Canada see. quite a lot. Yeah, 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 they're amazing. I've got like a massive girl crush. And, and yeah, well, they were just so badass, right? Like, yeah, just so they're badass, so good. Badass, like, and just I like, them. yeah, yeah, so they're good. They're so good. Yeah, it's funny because um, you know, so many places that I go around the country, people have heard of the Rhythm Heart, like. Byron, Gold Coast, Brisbane, Sunny Coast, Melbourne, no problems. Everyone knows who the Rhythm Hut is, and it's funny that we're sort of almost more well-known around other places than the Central Coast. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, too. Yeah. 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 It's so funny. It's hilarious yeah. how many people down the street have no idea. that. But then there's a lot of people that have kind of heard of it. I'll, I'll go out and do event shopping, and I'll mention to the cashier... Um, oh yeah, I'm you know I'm getting all this food for an event uh, or all these supplies uh, down at the Rhythm Hut tonight. You should come check it out. And they go, oh, I've been meaning to check that place out. Yeah, the Central it's- Coast is like notoriously hard for getting people out of their homes, and um, I guess it's like a much lower socioeconomic um, status here, so people sort of tend to not afford to go out so much, which is one of the reasons why we want to keep our ticket prices really low and have community events that are either free or by donation and, and, you know, open to everyone. Um, but also people like to, um, watch TV (laughs) on the central coast and not go out. So, you know, if you're listening, like, please tell all your friends to come along and it's funny how spread that word. Whenever I walk in the neighborhood and I'm wearing my pink scarf or I'm wearing something a little flowery, people are always like, you're from that rhythm hut, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because you can always like tell people that you think, hey, I kind of feel like they should be my friend or they should come to the rhythm hut. We always joke about that when we're like down the street and Chris and I like... We look, look like we should know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also myself as well. Like if I'm on the Gold Coast or Byron or something and, and if I'm meeting someone, they're like, uh, if I say, you know, I run the Rhythm Heart or I'm from the Rhythm Heart, they're like, oh, I know the Rhythm Heart. Or heaps of people recognize me, I guess, because I've got long blonde dreadlocks and I'm quite easily recognizable. People will often know who I am. Yeah. Oh, trying um, to walk anywhere with you is impossible. <laughs> like there's nowhere... It- there's nowhere that we can go without you getting stopped every five feet by someone being like, Oh, Lou, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Like, all right, I'll just stand here for another 10 minutes in this conversation. All right, we're ready to go. Oh, now another one. And it's not yeah, even just yeah, on, on the like central that. coast. It's on, like, um, Woodford or Splendor as well. Yeah. yeah the the market, I actually leaned over and I was like, please get the fuck out of here. That was quite funny and then I was actually trying to leave and I knew you guys were all outside waiting for me it took me another like 20 minutes or something because every time I stepped a step someone would come and say hi you had a throng which is of people beautiful. waiting like, yeah. like hovering nearby waiting for you to be available then just like casually you walk by. oh hey oh it is really nice so it means oh, that you know like true. wherever you go you've got friends and, and then when it's, people it's important. need to need a hookup they can come to you right because you know that they know you're so well connected mm-hmm. yeah, yeah true yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to be connected. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. 
So that segues into the next question, which would be, who are some influential people that you've met along the way uh, in the Rhythm Hut journey? Oh, um, I guess, like, Rhythm Hut and my career as an artist manager have kind of blurred quite a bit. Um, so after I began working here, I just naturally, I don't even really know how it happened. I just started helping Rhythm Hunters out with a bit of stuff and, you know, some design work and some social media. And I was like, hang on, I reckon I can do that for you. And let me take that off your hands or, hey, I can see what you're trying to do, but how about you try it this way? Um, And then I just started managing them. (laughs) I don't think like Ren and I even had a conversation one day. We were just in rehearsal with Rhythm Hunters and and I think it was Matt said, hey, you kind of like our manager now, hey? And I was just like, oh, I guess so. And so that was it. And I'm, I don't even know how long ago that was. But um, so the whole like musical career has kind of blended, but it's all come out from thanks to the Rhythm Heart. So I'm forever grateful. Um, I just have loads of experience in different things from event management, artist management, um, you know, stage management and production, that sort of stuff. Um to publicity and um, they're all skills that I've gained along the way um, you know when I started at the Rhythm Heart I didn't even know what backline was and now it's just like I run a stage at Splendour in the Grass and it's just you know it's pretty amazing that all these skills and experience came from from this and I've just met some of the most amazing amazing people along the way and um, you know not only artists that I'm very blessed to call friends that have been you know connected through the rhythm heart and there's freaking millions of them i don't know um you know obviously all the rhythm hunters nathan cavalieri who is one of the artists that i manage i originally connected through him through wes car and wes played at the rhythm heart um and now you know nathan's like one of my best mates um wes is beautiful and amazing the crew like from tijuana cartel and wild marmalade are really good friends and um Callie dad i don't know there's millions of them Um, But then I also sort of picked up some pretty great mentors through my journey as well. Um, Carlos Antone from Blue King Brown has been a pretty influential person in my life and a great mentor. Um, I was was explaining to Ren one day, I was like, oh, I went to get this file from Carlos' computer, like, and I just told him what I needed, and he just did, like, click, 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 and all his files were really organized and he knew exactly what it was and he got it to me straight away and I was just like wow and his desktop wasn't like most people's desktops with a million files on it and I was like I want to be more like that and so that was like our little um our little saying for a while there our, our motto for a while there between Ren and I was like be more like Carlo <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah he's been great and I um I'm looking forward to seeing him at Woodford actually in a couple of weeks to to catch up with him and do a bit of download and get some advice and see where I'm at and I haven't seen him for a little while. Um, and then I was really lucky actually, um, oh God, there's so many people. Nikki Bomba has been a big influence in my life in the last few years. I first met Nikki with Ren in Melbourne. I so clearly remember it was like three o'clock in the morning. Um, actually Ren wasn't with us. I was with some other people. We were at a music conference. There was quite a lot of drinks had been had let's put it that way and we were at a cafe and um Nikki was um just spinning out these jokes and these puns and you know obviously I knew who he was and I'd been a John Butler fan since I was like 17 and going to all his gigs and stuff and um and here I was like just talking shit with Nikki Bomba mm-hmm. in Melbourne at 3am on a 
whatever night it was. And, um, and that was it. We were just friends. After that, we were just like, okay, I think this is it. I think we're going to do something together. We're going to, we're going to do this. And so, um, I don't remember. I think he, maybe he came up here and played and then, you know, Ren and Nikki connected and we started doing some shows together and Nikki did some shows here and then with Rhythm Hunters and then Rhythm Hunters recorded in Nikki's studio in Victoria and, um, Nikki produced the album. And so there was this whole big, beautiful connection there and Nikki's a really good friend of ours and, I'm very blessed um, that he lets me use his house as a holiday house. I need like a <laughs> few a days break. It's yeah. such a sweet connection. Mm. And he's not there. I know where the house key is. And he lets me go and have some time out. And he's just got this really beautiful, quiet place in the country in, in Victoria. And it's one of my favorite towns in the world. Yes. Um, and then, of course, um, there's a whole like John Butler and Danielle Mamakin connection which um, I was very, very blessed to have. Um, I applied for John Butler's artist management program called The Seed a few years ago. Um, and it's quite a prestigious program. It's pretty hard to get into. It's for sort of managers and self-managed artists that are sort of, I guess, like mid-level. Um, they get a lot of applications and I was lucky enough that I got in the first year that I applied which was two years ago 2016 um and then when when we got when we got there they actually told us hey this is the last one that we're going to run for a while um so I was really lucky I was really lucky that I chose to apply for it because I didn't apply for it before I just kind of thought I wasn't ready and I knew it was very competitive um and so when I got in I was absolutely honored to be able to get into this program and um, Carlo is also involved in the program. It's run by um, John Butler and his wife, Danielle. Um, and she's just like an absolute powerhouse. I would say that she, as far as the face-to-face -face training goes, does the majority of it with lots of special guests. And obviously John does quite a bit. Um, and Carlo's very involved and they, they work really, really hard. Um, and they bring lots of different people from the industry in to, mm. to sp talk about their specialised topics. So anything from... Um, artist development and relationships to um, indigenous protocols to touring to accounting to lawyers and it was just this week-long um, mass of information to be downloaded and it was incredible so I was so so lucky to be part of that and it was just um, a beautiful connection and it's nice to stay in touch with them and I connected quite well with John's uh, manager Phil um, and you know like to be able to say that man I was like 17 when I first saw John Butler on stage and then I get off the bus and the first person that comes to say hi and give me a big hug is John Butler and it was just like the sweetest thing ever and uh, yeah try not to be because on that professional level um, I was just so keen to learn from them just to absorb everything that they had and um, and Danielle is incredible and I've seen her quite a lot in the last year or two just on the festival circuit with different bands that I've been with and um, and had a good catch up with her just a couple of months ago actually and a, a good sit down and chat and she's just like always interested in what we have done and what we're up to and staying in touch and her manager um, Clara as well is really awesome so those really lovely connections that I made and I made a few more through the seed other like fellow artist managers um and I also connected really well while I was there with 
um, Tim Leveson, who's Earth Boy, and his manager Greg, and Greg has also sort of been one of those people that I've turned to for a bit of help and advice. I have a feeling that after this podcast is done, you're going to go, oh shit, what about that person? What about oh my god, so many people, person? I can't so even like let's, explain how let's many people. do one people. blanket statement, there's one, many, 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 <laughs> many, 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 many. But, but I guess like my whole point is that, um, you know, all of this is built up and all this artist management in my career has come down from the rhythm hut mm. and uh, and particularly those handful of mentors and i i'm a big believer in mentors and i feel like they're really important um so yeah very lucky to have met them and excited i've, I've actually got a few meetings with some of these mentors in the next couple of weeks um so i'm really excited to do that to catch up with them well and kind of the final question we were going to ask is what does your future have in store ah, um well i am um i guess we didn't even talk like i guess i stepped down from my full-time role at the rhythm heart a couple of months ago and now i'm just um coming back to run some of the larger shows which i'm really excited to do and it's really nice to be able to stay in touch um and do those things that i love and work with people that i love some of the artists and uh, booking agents that i was working with when i told them i was leaving asked if i'd come back and do certain shows for them or certain shows for certain artists which i said yes um so it's really lucky um that I get to stay in touch that way because it's really important to me. I love this place, you know, like it's just so much of my life has gone into it and blood, sweat and tears, but love and, you know, it's given me so much in return, like more than I can ever explain. So it's really nice to stay in touch with that. Um, and then concentrating on artist management is a really big thing exciting. for me. Yeah, it is really exciting. Um, you know, one of the catalysts of stepping down from the Rhythm Hut was that Rhythm Hunters were actually offered a space on Woodford this year. And Ooh. so after we took, um, we had 14 months break. And when I got the phone call from Woodford, um, you know, Chloe asked me to check in with, with Rendra and see if he'd be up for Woodford. And I, he was in the States at the time. I called him up and we had a little chat and he's feeling good. And he's like, yeah, let's get back into it. He spoke to the rest of the band. Um, and then, uh, so he kind of called me back a couple of days later and was like, so if we do Woodford, like we have this album to release, like, let's do it. Are we going to do it? And I was just like, yes, we're going to do it. Of course we're going to do it. But then I was just started thinking, oh my gosh, I like picked up a couple more artists and I'm working like, you know, 18 hours a day. Like, I don't know how much more I can handle. So that's where I had to make that decision of which, I guess, path my career wanted to go and artist management was the the path that i chose and it's the path that i guess i can really grow and learn pretty amazing that with a uh, with a little bit of downtime they're still so coveted the hunters hey eh? and that we can just have people come oh and say, Look, man could you please come to woodford we are so yeah, okay. excited <laughs> so excited i think we were very lucky that we've got some shows on the grand which is the second largest stage at woodford um, we've got a lot of people in our corner that are really excited to see us back and have been backing us and really happy to have us back. So, yeah, we're really excited. So um, Rhythm Hunters will have a new album and tour in the first half of next year. Um, I'm working really hard with Nathan Cavalieri and really lucky to be working with him. Um, I really believe very strongly in what he's doing and uh, he's going really well. We have couple of singles out at the moment and then we have a new album or his ep will be out um sort of end of march and so working really hard on that we've got a big year ahead for him um and just that growth different artists that i'm working with and 
yeah, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool, nice to get called up to do different things. I was just called up yesterday to work at a festival in Victoria, and yeah, it's I guess it's never boring. Well, <laughs> I personally want to say thank you for taking time out of your very busy day to come and do oh, this today. Oh, my That's pleasure. Really, yeah, it's important really nice. to me. That's thank you for having me. Thanks for asking yeah. me to be a guest. Yeah. Um, it's important to get all the different aspects of what makes the Rhythm Hut tick. And for five years, you were like the go-to person for that. Yeah, so almost six. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's almost, I'm kind of used to it now, but it's a bit surreal, like stepping back from that. And it, at the time, it was almost a bit of like, oh my God, there goes half my identity. Like, mm. you like know. A, like a mom kind of thing. Eh? Like, yeah. Hey, we got the mom. I was really invested and also there was a whole lot of worry of like oh my goodness I've run this place for six years and no one really knows what's involved and how do I pass that over to people to 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 take over and you know like the um I've been so impressed like I guess when you have that take that important person out of a space other people have to step up and just like so many people have been involved and it's really heartwarming to see that you know like a lot of people have stepped up and given their time to help keep this space running and um you know i'm really invested into making sure that it does still keep running it's really important on the central coast to keep the rhythm hut going and uh, so, you know, like I've spent a lot of tri- time setting up procedures and training people, but also making sure that I'm available to help mm-hmm. where needed and give advice and give that training because a lot of that stuff only I know. And it wasn't until I left and I started, you know, writing notes or passing over, it was like, holy shit, no one else knows how to do this. I have to, like, tell people, um, you know, and train people how to do this or, you know. But it's, it's great and the place is amazing and, you know, having people like you guys that a long term or keep coming back and you know the place quite intimately really helps um and i uh, just yeah it gives me a whole lot of faith that the community loves this space and wants it to keep going um you know people that had been here that would just um drumming students have stepped up into other roles and people that are already been long-term investing in um in volunteering have stepped in and taken over even more responsibility um i guess i realize you know that that's needed and that they have that knowledge and yeah it's really heartwarming it's really nice thank you lou for everything you do and uh, (laughs) we'll we'll have you on again i'm sure thanks for having me yo yo why don't you come again come many times as you like to know how to Yo, yo, why don't you come on?